0: You are listening to Prophet Pearls with Nehemiah Gordon and Keith Johnson, exploring biblical prophecy for yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Welcome to Prophet Pearls, recorded live in the city of the prophets, Jerusalem, the eternal capital of Israel. This is Nehemiah Gordon, and I am so excited to be exploring biblical prophecy for yesterday, today, and tomorrow in the very city where Isaiah preached in the public squares in the same streets where Zechariah spoke the word of God, and in the place where Jeremiah prophesied. Welcome to Prophet Pearl's. Keith, are you as excited as I am to be here in Jerusalem? What do you mean, am I excited?
1: You didn't put me in the introduction, though. you got to start You're over here. Again. No, so I say this Gordon with Keith Johnson. No one knows that I'm here. You've got to start over again. Say my name. <laughs> <laughs> i just kidding. Thus saith Keith Johnson. <laughs> yeah, right. hey, thou no, I my name. Yeah, right. No, I'm excited. Yeah. I am excited to be here with you because um, we're really into the flow here. We're, we've been here for a few days, and we've <clears> been able to... Um, to, to record, I mean, basically that's all we've had a chance to do. But it's an important thing that we're doing. It's an emission mm-hmm. that we're a part of, and our Profit Pro partners from all the way on the west coast, furthest most west part of the United States, Jim and Jeanette, thank you so much for being our partners. Not only were they our Profit Pro partners. They helped us when we were out in Oregon, and I want to thank them for that yeah, also. thanks, they guys. They did some great work for us. So yeah, we're here talking and to you, Jeremiah. And they fed us. Yeah. <laughs> Boy, that's a change. Uh, Jeremiah chapter 16. <laughs> you tried to get into this passage uh, on the, week. Previous, yeah. the previous week. You were so fired up. But now we're going to be in Jeremiah 16. Okay. I don't know how we're going to get out of it, though. I, I will tell you. I think you. we could just spend the whole time on the first verse. I think, you know what, in all seriousness, and I'm not <clears throat> and I'm not trying to be funny, actually, the yeah. second verse is what really caught me. Oh. Um, but I think you're right. And, and, and I said Something as we were preparing is that this is one of these passages where and correct me if i 'm wrong, but even how it's written and Jeremiah is writing it you know it's it's one thing when you're talking about a story, this is what happened, and this this thing happened, but then when the prophets get into these times where they're where they're laying out this information and whether it 's a thus saith yehovah or here's the, what's going on, and each of the verses kind of can have their own. Literally have their own section where we could talk about it, and and that's I mean we could pick three three verses out of this these twenty however many verses that we're in, and I we literally could take um, take the whole time. So we have to be disciplined. I don't know how we're going to do it. Maybe we can at some point determine that there's things that people can check on them, uh, themselves. But there really is some amazing stuff in here. So let's get started. Can I read verse nineteen? Yes, I want to read it from the
0: the corrected King James version. Okay, this is not a version you'll find anywhere. Jeremiah sixteen nineteen. O Lord, my strength and my fortress and my refuge in the day of affliction, the Gentiles shall come unto thee from the ends of the earth and shall say, surely the Jews have inherited lies, vanity, and things wherein there is profit, but we have inherited,
1: the Gentiles, truth and salvation. Is that what yours says? I don't know where you got that from. Yeah. I don't know what you're doing. What, what, what kind of... What, tell me what you're doing now. This... This, this clearly doesn't say that. No, it, what do does, you, it doesn't say that. No. What it actually says is, the Gentiles shall come from unto thee from the
0: ends of the earth, and shall say, Surely our fathers have it inherited. Have inherited lies, vanity, and things wherein there is no profit. Mm-hmm. But when I talk to some Gentiles, I get the, I get the impression sometimes that they, they say, you know, we've got all the truth, and you Jews need to come to us and convert to us in order to have truth. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's not what Jeremiah says. It's really interesting. He's clearly say, speaking up here about this this message for all mankind. That the nations of the world will come to Yehovah and they will say, um, our fathers have inherited lies. And, and actually the word there is they've, they've passed on to us as inheritance mm-hmm. lies mm-hmm. Um, and
1: vanity and things in which there is no profit. Mm-hmm. I do think it is interesting that it uses the word mm-hmm. Um You are the nations will come. And sometimes that yeah. word is used at different times and you know, people have different um, ways that they use it. Mm-hmm. And I've actually used, I've seen this used, um, this verse used um, many times in different people talking about traditions of the past that um, you know the fathers taught them a tradition that wasn't um, truthful, and they use this verse and say they they've inherited nothing but but lies. So, right. Well, and, and, and so in case we don't know what it's talking about, the next verse explains it. Yeah, it does. And actually, the next verse is where I'm, I'm going to have to push you on your computer a little bit, mm. if that would be okay. Sure, we can try it. Um, it's interesting, folks. We've got our computers here. We've got a Hebrew Bibles, English Bibles, iPads, uh, recording... We've got everything all set up here, and uh, it, it really is a – it's really – we have to take a picture of this, I Nehemia. Mean, I think we, should, we really a take a picture of this. We've it's got
0: like a, a bed sheet hanging bed on the A bed sheet wall hanging on
1: the wall. To absorb the sound. <laughs> no, you, let me tell you what happened last night. So we put a bunch of stuff in the window. You know, yeah. we put it in the window because, you know, sometimes we hear the things. And so it's late last night. You know, you're enjoying your dinner or whatever you're doing with Bubby Dina, with with having some fellowship. I'm here by myself in the in the little quiet apartment. <laughs> this is hilarious. So I'm sitting here, and it's just me, and I'm in the basement, you know, and i <laughs> That's it. Tonight I'll you're sleeping asleep. at my mom's house. No, 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 no. She
0: no. prepared, she actually went and no, bought a bed. Let me finish for what happens.
1: So I'm sitting here. I'm
0: but he sitting. wants to be
1: alone in this safe house <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> Not with his coffee. So I'm sitting here by myself. It's late at night, Nehemia. And I don't know. It's, you know, it's a little eerie, okay? I mean, I You're in Jerusalem. All of a sudden, this thing falls out of the window. You're kidding no, me. it falls out of the window, and I think you did it on purpose. There's like something some oh, yeah, that was right. in the purpose. It was a, like a, a bottle. It falls out of the window and bottle. something shifts. And I'm like, somebody's coming in the apartment.
0: <laughs> they're breaking in. So just, just to give people the picture here, we've got this. Uh, we're in the side of a mountain. On one side of this apartment building is, is, um, is actually a uh, cliff. It's built mm-hmm. into the side of a cliff. On the other side, there's a sheer drop. And so we get these incredibly strong winds. And they're so strong that we've actually heard them blowing through the yeah, window. Yeah, they blow through the and window. And so we took this large quilt.
1: And I did, and I put it into the window pane, and I guess that and that something fell else down you put that. in there. No, it wasn't just the quilt. There was something else that fell out. Yeah, something. I don't know oh, what that was. Would it but you know, I want to tell you something. I, I argued the with you. I, argue, <laughs> yeah. I argued with you um, about about having to do this. Um, yeah. um, I was I didn't know how it was all going to work, and 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 really, obviously, it actually has worked out well because being sick, I don't want to obviously mm-hmm. cause that. Be the case. The other thing is, I've been here being able to work on something, which next week I really am going to announce. I, I, last night, your I, mean, I want to tell project. you. No, it's not a secret project. Last night is when it finally hit me that we really need to do this. And so, um, this has really been a blessing. Though, every once yeah. in a while I get a little nervous when things fall out of the window. Yeah. Being here alone and, and working on it. So, I think next week, we're going to announce that. But now, let me get to this point where you're going to have to use your computer. Can sure. you do this? I can try. It says in 1620, can man make gods for himself, yet they are not gods? And what it says is, uh, can man make for himself Elohim? Little same word in Genesis chapter one verse one, Bereshit bara Elohim. Mm-hmm. God made it. And it's the words, same exact vowels, consonants, the whole thing. And then it says, "And they are not Elohim." Now, when people see that Elohim, and then this might be really too simple for you, you might think, "Wow, well, you know, it's not worth looking at it." But but it really is, is is kind of interesting because there are often times where people look at Elohim and they see that that ending, yes. um, which which certainly looks like a plural ending and it looks like gods as isn't gods and in this verse it's speaking of gods but when it speaks of Elohim God Elohim, (laughs) Yehovah Elohim it's the, it looks exactly the same. Do you have a moment, Nehemiah, that, that we could give people just a little bit, just a little bit, and you do a great study on this. Uh, uh, and by the way, did you know last week we didn't talk about the Ministry Minute? We didn't. No, we didn't. And actually, I want this as a sort of, a, and I actually thought about this. This would be a great way to explain a little bit of what I think is the power of a lot of what you do is giving people the information. But there's yeah. a study about Elohim yeah. and the difference. So and I just wanted, I have a three-part study here's an example, about, about the grammar
0: know. of the word Elohim and understanding it. And, and it is confusing, especially Especially for English speakers, mm-hmm. you've got you know I don't know dog, and you add the s, and it's dogs. Mm-hmm. You have ox, and you add the E-N, and it's oxen. And it's very straightforward. Mm-hmm. Even though, even oxen is you know for native English speakers, just very straightforward. You add the ending, and it becomes plural. Hebrew is not so simple. In, in uh, biblical Hebrew, you add the em ending, uh, and actually for feminine, it's oat, but for masculine, it's em, and and that. That's a plural ending, but sometimes the a plural word is not plural mm-hmm. and and Elohim is a great example. Um, and how do we know if the word is, uh, and and here's the point, plural in Hebrew can either be a plural of number or plural, which, or to be technical, plural of quantity, Mm -hmm. or it can be a plural of quality. Yes. And when it's a plural of quality, they call it the majestic plural. It's a way of saying something is great. Mm -hmm. And for example, you can go to Exodus and there, it talks about the uh, owner of a, of a, of an ox and he, there is called the, the Adonim, uh, Adonim in plural. Um, with, with the em ending, but there's only one owner of the ox. And why is there an em ending? It's majestic plural. There it's not actually majestic. It's just saying he's he is the owner. He's, the owner. he's not just the lord of the ox who who bullies it. Mm-hmm. He is the owner of the ox. And here Elohim, not here actually, usually Elohim, even though it has that plural ending, is a singular uh, noun. Mm-hmm. Now how do I know it's it's quantitatively singular? First of all, it says Yehovah Eloheinu, Yehovah Achad, Yehovah is our God, Yehovah is one. But beyond that, even grammatically, um, you can see that it's singular, and so, for example, when we we read the story and, and we've talked about this before, the story of, of uh, Elijah on Mount Carmel, he says, "Yehovah, who ha Elohim? Yehovah, He is God." And if Elohim were plural, it would say Yehovah, Hema, Elohim. Yehovah, they are God. And that's exactly, exactly. what it says here. That's what I wanted to bring this lo Elohim. Yeah. Elohim. And they are not Elohim. And so that tells you Elohim is God. Yeah. And, and and not to get too technical, people can go read the study. It's on my website, Uh My ministry is Mechor Hebrew Foundation. My website is And And really what that's about isn't convincing you of my theology or this theology or that theology. Have whatever theology you want; that's fine. But be empowered with the information, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, people can take that information and then go off into some different theology. That's actually possible. Um, somebody can make a case for that. But at least know what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. At least have all the facts. And I think whatever your theology ends up being, your theology will be that more that more um, solid because it'll be based based on truth and information mm-hmm. rather than on you know, oh, I heard this and I thought that and I misunderstood the language. Um, but the the study there talks about. Um, Elohim being singular or plural, and it's explaining grammatically. And by the way, there are pagan gods that are called Elohim in the singular. Mm-hmm. For example, Ashtoret Ishtar, in one verse in, in Kings is called um, the god of the of the, the Sidonians. And there it is, the Elohim of the Sidonians, but mm-hmm. it's just Ishtar. There's not more than one Ishtar. Um, there is such a concept of more than one Ishtar, but not in that verse, or it's singular. Um and so the point is that this you know there's Elohim which is quantitative and there's Elohim which is qualitative mm-hmm. and Elohim referring to the God of Israel is 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 singular when when and actually it's interesting there's there's exceptions when when the Philistines or other pagans speak about the God of Israel all of a sudden the pronouns become plural and okay. and, and and again not to get too technical go read the study <laughs> there's three major things to look at to know if it's singular or plural verbs adjectives and pronouns mm-hmm. uh, pronouns is he versus they verbs is something you don't see in English. But in Hebrew, the verb is singular or plural. And adjectives, again, that's something English doesn't have, but Hebrew does.
1: You know, the I, reason I wanted to slow down and, yeah. and say that is because I think that this is one of those examples where people can be empowered. You can yeah. be empowered when you have the information. And, and I think in the way that information is presented is really important. But when they can understand why, how it's applied, and that's really the thing I really want to focus on. When I looked at this verse right away, I just thought, what a great example to show. When, when I thought that study is one of those ones, Nehemia, yeah. that really is just a phenomenal study people. I hope that they'll, they'll go and, and read it because it empowers them to look at the text and know they don't have to be confused about whether there's a theological issue or not. Forget the theology mm-hmm. for a second have the information. And like you said, if you want to then make the theology from there, just make sure that the information is correct. But in this right. situation, what was the lie? That can man make a god for himself? Can a man make gods for himself? Yet they are not Elohim. They are not gods. That's not what they are. And this is Jeremiah explaining this to them. And then and then I think what's... I, I don't understand this verse. You didn't understand
0: it? No, because first of all, so they start off saying, our fathers have given us lies through inheritance. Um, and then he says, can a man... So, so this is a rhetorical question. Mm-hmm. Rhetorical question for those who don't know is like when I say to Keith, uh, no, not to Keith, yeah. but I say to somebody, you know, what are you stupid? You're not supposed okay. to answer and say yes, yes I, I am, am stupid or no, I'm, I'm not. not. It's a rhetorical question. Right. Now in Hebrew, rhetorical questions are almost always in the uh, have a negative answer, mm-hmm. um, and here the answer is positive. Mm-hmm. You know, like for example, it says, you know, uh, who is Mika Yehovah? Who is like you among the gods, Yehovah? And the answer is no one. No one. It's 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 implied a negative when you ask a rhetorical question. But here, the answer is positive. People do make themselves that are gods that aren't gods. Mm-hmm. So why does he even say that? And I really don't know the answer. Can you help me? Okay.
1: Well, no. I mean, I maybe I. You know what I think? Sometimes the people because,
0: invent gods. You, you're sure so they do. Go to Can India. I just tell you what's so well, they've funny. They've got
1: 33 million uh, gods. I got to tell you something you... funny. I was so I was sitting talking to you and your your, your mother, Bubby Dina. Hello, Bubby Dina. Hope you're listening. Hey, mom. Um, um, and 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 I, I realized it was a moment a moment of realization. Uh, you come from a religious background, Amen. You know, A Jewish background, where you went to to day school or you went to 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 school and day school and. Yeah. Day school and the Hebrew text and your mom asking is, what are the, what are the, what the commentators say from the mid centuries? And, and I'm thinking that this is your background. I come from no church at all. My background, no, I'm completely and absolutely unchurched. So it's really interesting for me, the Bible, when I first came to the Bible, I didn't come to the Bible as, you know, this is what I have to learn to understand all the religious ins and outs. I came to the Bible because someone said, Hey, this is where God recorded his word. And I, and there are phrases and circumstances sometimes where I'm not asking the religious question. I'm not even asking a technical question. Like when I read this, the first thing I think about is Jeremiah saying, "Now you guys, listen. What's the lie? What's the falsehood? Can you really make gods for yourself? They're not gods. What do you, you know, can you really do this?" Of course you can't do this. Yet in fact people are doing it. People do and it every day is, and this is the <laughs> and this is the deception. And the reason that I say that it doesn't it wasn't such a big deal for me, yeah. it partly was because of the next verse. Okay. Because the next verse then sets something out that I don't know and I have used this I've I've used this verse a lot. Yeah. Uh, but in the context it even I think it's even more powerful. At least for me, mm. when I'm looking at it. So, can, can I read the verse? Please. Therefore, aha! I'm going <laughs> No, this, this doesn't have aha. This it has. I know, I know it doesn't have aha. If you listen to last week, we're still going to be discussing this aha thing. I think the Chem <laughs> is wrong on this, everybody. Grammatically, I'm right. He's right. So, um, therefore, behold. Check it out. Yes, times. yes. Yes. I am going to make them know. What? This time. I'm going to make them know. My power and my might. Now a third thing, and they shall know that my name is what the Lord. you hey vav hey the four letters ki me, yehovah uh, that my name is yehovah. And 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 that this verse for me was really has really been powerful because Nehemiah even in all of the religious gymnastics that goes on and the prohibi- prohibitions of speaking God's name and dealing with God's name and what nations are going to know His name. When I get to this verse, it seems like it's settled it settled to me because he says I'm going to make them know who, know what who's them yeah. who are they two verses earlier, the, the, yeah, the Gentiles exactly the why? ones that are comp- <laughs> yeah I mean I think you know and, and that's why for me I just feel like in one little small little drop in the great ocean of information inspiration mm-hmm. and revelation if I can play one little part of, of of being the Gentile that comes from the foreign land that comes to this place to understand and to love his name and if, if that can be my one little part I love it because when I get to this verse he says I'm going to make them know what I'm going to make them know my power and my might, and they shall know that my name is Yehovah. What? That is amazing. Can we talk about the Pope? Sure, we can.
0: You had this teaching, great teaching. But how the and I've also done a teaching about it. Uh,
1: what was my teaching called? About I don't know. But why did you just keep to my teaching? Just tell them okay. about mine. Yeah, I don't even remember what mine is called. but It's on YouTube somewhere. Which, which it, what is mine called? I, know. I don't. I have no clue.
0: <laughs> um, but it's a but we, both, we both. And you did it first. It isn't in your book. His held name revealed again about Pope Benedict. Or yeah. oh my goodness,
1: Are you kidding? me? C- can I you talk about that? I, I don't know which part you want to talk about. No, yet. about how he 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 forbade. He, he outlawed his, the name of God. He banned yes. the name. Yeah. And, and, and don't actually, don't, there's a video know. project on that also. Now oh, is the time where we talk about him. Yeah. Okay. I don't understand how the Pope can come along and say he represents God.
0: And then God spoke this verse. Behold, I will inform them this time, and I will inform them of my, literally, my hand and my might, and they will know that my name is Jehovah." So how, I don't, can you, look, can you explain to me? Look, you, you, you used to be. Under the Pope's authority, right? Or, I what do you mean I wasn't was a Catholic? What are you talking about? No, but you're a Methodist, aren't they? they no. We, we got our own thing. <laughs> got your own we got our own stick. <laughs> <laughs> no, but seriously. How can somebody no. read this verse mm-hmm. where Jehovah is saying, I'm going to make the nations, the Gentiles, know my name, and then come along and say, I represent the man who said this, the person, who, the man, the God who said this,
1: and you must not speak his name. Yeah. I, 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 I don't understand. I do, because I think the answer to this is as, as in 1619. They inherit the falsehood, and and there's a result of inheriting the lie, and that's the father's telling. The father's telling the sons are telling. The sons is telling. The sons telling the son, and that's why I think 1621 is so powerful and so important. I think it's exactly your answer. Your question is exactly answered in that verse. Literally, here's what's going on. This is deception. This is deception. This is deception. But guess what? I'm going to step in, and when I step in, they're going to know. Who's going to know? The ones who the ones who have been de- deceived, the ones that have been who who've inherited this lie or this deception, they're gonna know that my name that my power and my might, and they're gonna know that my name is Yehovah. Can I toot Yehovah's horn? Please. Can I please do that? I'm not tooting my horn. On the
0: contrary, I get people who write to me all the time and they say, Nehemia, I'm thirsty. Love, thank you so much. And they're in tears because you and they'll say, Nehemia, you're the one who, who who told me about Yehovah's name. And I'm mm. sure you get the same sort of thing. People read his House name revealed sure, again. Sure. And 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 I'm vexed by that. I mean, on the one hand, I'm I'm, I'm blessed mm-hmm. to see that, you know, I, I'm answering my call of, of teaching people. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, I think we all need to recognize that if you know the name of the creator of the universe, it didn't come from Nehemiah or Keith. Mm-hmm. If you believe the, his word, he tells you, you know his name because he informed you of his name. Maybe he used, you know, Keith as his mouthpiece and maybe mm-hmm. he used me as his donkey. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But... If you know his name, it's because he wants you to know his name. Mm-hmm. He's telling you his name. And Can you, I get an and, amen?
1: And I think what I, that's what's so powerful about the verse. He says, I'm going to make them know. Mm-hmm. Now, how I do that, we've, we've read verse after verse after verse where he gets involved yeah. in the economy. He gets involved in marriages. He gets involved in specifics. He gets involved in what people think and what they say and what they do. I mean, isn't that the power of the verse? I'm going to make them know. I mean, in the end, it's all about him. And and that's exactly what well, he does. That's, so. that's
0: why you know when Jewish Jews talk about him as being the God of history.
1: Wow, he's not
0: just some God out there in you know in in uh, cyberspace, so to speak, mm-hmm. or in you know uh, up on Mount
1: Olympus. He he gets involved in our lives. Mm-hmm. You know, it's interesting. I, we were talking about how how we were going to deal with this this passage, and, and there and there really is so much. Like, I got like literally in all seriousness, all. Yeah. in all seriousness, we could just talk about this verse for the rest of the time. And we could talk in testimony and we could give testimony uh, around the world where God is making his name known, whether it's in Kyalicha in South Africa, whether it's in uh, parts of Russia, whether it's in China. It's amazing the testimonies that we could talk about right now here in, in Jerusalem. From different people around the world, where all of a sudden they wake up, and all of a sudden they're asking this question: "What is his name?" And I want to know it. And we have we have testimonies of this. Well, story. I mean, in Licha mm-hmm. the
0: guy actually has a dream with yeah, the name. He in has it. a dream and the name and, in- and you know, it's actually a fulfillment of this prophecy. Mm-hmm. That's amazing to yeah. me that that yeah. we have a fulfillment, modern day fulfillments of a prophecy spoken two thousand six hundred years, years ago, ago. Yeah. and and now we can look around today in mm-hmm. the twenty first century. And, you know, and that, that to me, I got to tell you, has is, is, is been a shift because what I was taught growing up, my, the heritage I came from is, oh, no, miracles happened thousands of years ago. They don't happen today don't anymore. And if they're miracles, they're kind of like we, we maybe hesitantly, you know, will admit they're miracles. But like biblical sorts of supernatural miracles, we're not going to see those today. And I look around and I see them and it, and up to a certain point i'm able to deny that or was able to right. deny that you know and say oh well, that's a coincidence that's a coincidence that's a coincidence but when these coincidences start to pile up i have to look at that and say this is a god incident yeah, yeah. this is the hand of jehovah the might of
1: jehovah informing people of his mm-hmm. name and and why yeah like i said we we could spend the whole time and just on this verse and just talking about what we've seen just with our own four eyes <laughs> Well, I don't know. You've got six. You've got glasses, don't you? So, yeah. you get, so I got with total. We got six eyes that we can look at. But but again, the point is, is that um, and this is where I have a, and this is where I'm having a little bit of a struggle, Nehemiah, because I'm yeah. not really sure how to approach the rest of this in Jeremiah. I don't know if we yeah. should just say verse. And I really need your guidance on this. Yeah. Do we go well, verse by verse? I mean, or do you, are there, what's you, the
0: next thing you want to talk about? Let's jump to that because we can't talk about everything. There's so much in this passage. What's your next?
1: What's your next thing you want to talk about? In 17? well, I mean, we've talked about, um, we talk a lot about we talk a lot about the inheritance and those kinds of things. Uh, I seventeen five is where I kind of um, can sit, but I, I, I you know, got to give you. Well, give we got to talk about seventeen two. We well, there that? it is. All right,
0: can you read seventeen
1: two? And as they remember their children, so they remember their altars and their asherim by green trees on the high hills. All right. Well, this I think this is really significant because in 1619,
0: God's referring to these Gentiles who are who are you know speaking about their father's sins, and here in 172, the Israelites aren't recognizing their father's (laughs) sins and they're remembering them fondly. So we've got the the Gentiles were coming and say our fathers have given us lies and I kind of made fun of them before, Mm -hmm. but the Israelites in seventeen two are saying you know they're they're remembering how beautiful it was that we had you know the every oh man on top of every hill we had these beautiful altars and we had these beautiful synagogues and 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 they're not recognizing their their sins they're just they're they're remembering they're they're remembering wasn't it beautiful when we had that wasn't that awesome Mm. instead of confessing their sins. Wow. So I think there's an intentional contrast there. Okay. Which isn't to say the Israelites at some point won't confess their sins, but here I think Israel is being called to task and saying, "Look,
1: you know the Gentiles are doing it. What, what are you waiting for?" Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, again, and so we can skip to five. Again. No, well, no, and we have to say four because he's then saying what happens. He says, oh, okay. "And you will, and, and you will even for yourself uh, let go of your inheritance that I gave you." I mean, think of this picture: you're going to let go of the inheritance that I gave you, and then I'm going to make you serve your enemies in the land which you do not know. And we can talk about history here on a few different levels. For you have kindled a fire in my anger, which will burn forever. Where are the people actually gave up their inheritance we just talked about it with jeremiah that's basically what's about ready to happen mm-hmm. they're about their the babylon yeah. yeah babylonians are going to come and they're going to end up being in babylon yeah. uh, serving their enemies and and we have assyria and we have other examples and there's a play on words
0: here because mm-hmm. in verse four where it says you will let go or how would you got there it says and you uh, even for yourself you let go of your inheritance yeah so the word for let go is shemitah and that you know that's we the, talked about every, that shmita. yeah, yeah. shemitah it's yeah. The let go. And, and, he, and definitely within the context of Jeremiah, this is a play on words, because Jeremiah has this concept that you're going to have 70 uh, years of exile because there were 70 Shemitahs that they didn't observe, mm-hmm. that they didn't keep. And that's why the number 70. Um, and so here, when he says you're going to be Shemitahed and you're
1: losing your inheritance because mm. uh, you didn't observe the Shemitah of the land, there's, wow. there's a play on words in that. Wow, 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 wow. Yeah. Uh, but They're going to serve their enemies in the land in which they do not know, for you've kindled a fire in my anger, which will burn forever. And this is the verse then. I wanted to get to, because this is this is sort of kind of what it comes down to, and we're beginning yeah. another um, phrase here. Uh, Thus says Yehovah, uh, cursed is the man who trusts in mankind and makes flesh his strength, mm-hmm. and whose heart turns away from Yehovah. And and that really, I mean, it seems like, a it's, it is simple, it's very clear, but isn't that what we see? Man being, trusting in mankind. Man looking at mankind and saying, here's where I've got to lay my trust because I need man to do this for me and man to do that for me. And it says actually that that's a curse. Curse is the man who trusts in mankind. Wow. And makes flesh his strength. So putting man as the focus ends up being the very thing that turns away. By, by putting man as the focus, it says, and whose heart turns away, that's the manifestation of the trust. When I trust in man, I can't be trusting in him. So my heart then literally shifts and turns away from Yehovah. Wow. Can you read the next two verses? Yes. For he will be like a bush in the desert and will not see when prosperity comes, but will live in stony wastes in the wilderness, a land of salt without inhabitant. Oh, but then 17, Blessed is the man who trusts in Jehovah and whose trust is Yehovah. One more verse. Yes. For he will be like... Boy, it's like I'm reading the Psalms here. For he will be like a tree planted by the water that extends its roots by a stream and will not fear when the heat comes, and it does come... But its leaves will be green, and it will not be anxious in a year of drought, nor cease to yield fruit. So we've got a contrast. We have the man in verses 5 to 6 who
0: trusts in Yehovah, Mm -hmm. and he's like, you know, a bush in the desert. You mean the man who trusts in man. Sorry, the man who trusts in man. (laughs) (laughs) In (laughs) verses 5 to 6, he's like a bush in the desert. He's going to be burned up. And the contrast, and he's cursed, is the man who trusts in Yehovah, and, um, and he's like a tree by water. Where if there's a drought, it's okay, because there's this constant source of water. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and I, I, I got to talk about my, c- can I do the ministry minute now? Yeah, absolutely. Because, you know, my ministry is called Makor Hebrew Foundation. And one of the things that inspired it was um, was the verse, actually here in Jeremiah, where he talks about Yehovah being the Makor, mm-hmm. the source of living water, that spring, and, um, and, you know, and it's saying Israel rejected the source of living water the spring and instead they chose for them cisterns mm-hmm. and cisterns are these dug kind of like pits where they, where they would hold water, line the sides with plaster. But if the plaster cracks, your water seeps out the source of living water. That's reliable. Yehovah is reliable. We think we can trust in our own might, mm-hmm. but our own might is limited. Um, Yehovah is not limited. Um, you know, it might work when we try to do it ourselves from time to time, but if we if if we want something to really work, we've got to trust in Jehovah. Let me read that verse that inspired my ministry. It's Jeremiah chapter two. I don't think this is in one of the sections, is it? Mm. Um, as far as I remember, uh, Jeremiah two verse thirteen. I love this because I go out into the desert here in Israel, mm-hmm. and, and and you see everything desolate as far as the eye can see, and then you come upon a spring, and there's life all over the place, mm-hmm. a, a source of living water. For my people have uh, Jeremiah two thirteen. For my people have done a twofold wrong. They have forsaken me, the fount of living water, that's the Makor of living water, and hewed them out cisterns, broken cisterns, which cannot even hold water. Mm-hmm. And it's saying it, there's two sins Israel has done. One is they didn't trust Jehovah Number two is they trusted in their own power. Mm-hmm. They trusted in man, in a human being, and not in the eternal creator of the universe, the Makor of living water, Yehovah. And um, that's why I call my ministry Makor Hebrew Foundation, the source, mm-hmm. the Hebrew source. If we can get back to the source... Um, then we can be empowered with the information and, and come into this relationship with the creator of the universe. That's, 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 you know, how I see it. And my website's com.
1: Awesome. You know, I, we didn't do a ministry minute last week and, and this week I'm gonna make it very, very short. I just want people to go to bfainternational.com and take a look this week and then go back next week and you're going to see a big change on the front page based on the last couple days. Now, Hemia really has been a blessing uh, because over the last 13 years, we We really have taken the process seriously to actually um, approach the Word of God together with different um, mentalities and different backgrounds, even different philosophies, but where we have sort of agreed, I think not only sort of, but we have agreed, when we can find out what the Word means in its language, history, and context, there isn't really much argument with us. There are are times where there might be different approaches, but I think the key has always been, let's be able to use the ability to get to what the source is, and and mm -hmm. that's really what I want to focus on. So I I, I want people to, I want to invite people to go to bfainternational.com, take a look at its amazing site. And that really gives so many aspects of our ministry. But then next week, go back because there's going to be a great thing for you based on what happened in this basement apartment. And I want to say this week, of all the stuff that's gone on, I mean, I, I really kind of had an epiphany here, and and I feel like I'm going to take a step of faith. And, Keith Johnson epiphany. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> take a step of faith, and next week make the announcement on it. But I am okay. excited, Nehemia, and it really has yeah. to do with what we've been doing oh, okay. for years, so I'm really excited this about that. This is a that. secret he's been teasing not us been a secret. about for weeks. It hasn't, because I couldn't come to the place where I knew for sure. You know what I okay. think I have to say yeah. about our ministries, and and, I, and this is really serious for me. Yeah. What I like to say is this, never overpromise and underperform. Amen. Always underpromise and overperform. And I can say this with a clear conscience. Nahemia, you tell people to go to your studies and they read the studies and you're real casual about it. But I can tell you something. That's not an overpromise. That if they go to those studies and they read them for themselves, they're going to be blessed beyond measure. And I think what we try to do, whether it's videos, articles, radio interviews, uh, whatever they are, we want to be able to have people say, wow, that was amazing. There's a level of quality that you're going to experience with BFA And I have to say in humility, people have said around the world, wow, what amazing quality. And that's not because I'm so smart. I just have people around me that are smarter than me. <laughs> I mean, it just works out that these are really talented people that really make things look good. And I think that that's what God's word uh, requires that we give the best presentation. And I know that's certainly been the case with you mm-hmm. and I appreciate that. So Let's move on. Well, I, I want to talk about verse 7. Yes. So th-
0: this is, I grew up, you know, Orthodox, and, and we had this song. Mm. And there was a song based on this verse. Can, can, I, yes. can I sing it? No, no. Can we, is there a recording of it somewhere in the uh, well, There is. And, I'll, and I'll, if I remember, I'll post the link on the website. Can the editor I,
1: put the recording? No no, no, no. Are you going to? I've
0: got to sing it. Oh, boy. So it's Baruch HaGever, Asher Yiftach BaYehovah. And, of course, the way we sang it growing up was Badonai. Vahaya Yehovah uh, Miftacho, and again, Adonai. So that's blessed is the man who will trust in Jehovah and Jehovah and, and will be his um, security. Mm. And so uh, <laughs> here's the funny thing. As I was preparing this, you know, I prepared this a few months ago mm. because, you know, we were gonna we, we, we came to go together so here many, in Jerusalem. Yeah. We have so much to do. Everything had to be prepared. And as I was preparing this, I remembered the song. Baruch <laughs> HaGever, Asher Yiftach and they'd say also, "Bashem, Ah, Tach Bashem." And I and I thought, "What is that?" I want to find that song. And I and 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 I and what I found out, it turns out that this is at, the song I grew up singing and hearing was based on a song from the 1950s by Peggy March. I will follow him. <laughs> I'll follow. I'll follow. I will follow him. It, is that the song? <laughs> Baruch <laughs> Hashem, do 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 do. Asher wow. Anyway, that's a piece from 20th century American Jewish culture. Yes.
1: Well, I will say this. But isn't it
0: amazing that the words of Jeremiah and the words of
1: Jehovah still live in, mm. in, uh, among the people? Yeah. And you know what? I will say, I don't know if you remember this. We've done so many things you probably don't remember. Uh, but we were we were we had a, a video done called Blessed is the Man. You remember yeah. that? Oh, yeah. And um, But I, in Psalm 1, I just want to go back to this really quickly if I can. Can I read Psalm 1? Please. Because um, Jeremiah, <clears throat> whether whether... Well, let's, is Jeremiah just, based on Psalm 1 yeah, or Psalm 1 based on yeah, Jeremiah yeah, yeah, or yeah, are they based yeah. on
0: this common sentiment
1: Common yeah. sentiment. Well, can I want to read this blessed sure. is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked or stand in the way of sinners this is Psalm 1 verse 1 or sit in the seat of mockers but his delight is in the Torah of Jehovah, and on his Torah he meditates day and night he is like a tree planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither whatever he does prospers not so the wicked they are like shaft that the wind blows away therefore the wicked will not stand in the judgment sinners in the assembly of the righteous for Jehovah watches over the way of the righteous but the way of the wicked will perish and I want to go back to this but his delight is in the Torah of Yehovah, and on his Torah he meditates day and night. Would you not agree that that's what we've been doing since we've been here? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, look. He complains they, about not being allowed to let out of the apartment. I'm not let out of the we're apartment. Meditating we're meditating upon the medit- Torah day and night. And you know what? And and as a result of that, I'm like a tree planted by streams of yeah. water. There's no way that I could be in Jerusalem. There's, I've been in Jerusalem now, Nehemiah, for I think um, it's been four straight days. Mm-hmm. And and it's impossible that I've been in Jerusalem and have not been uh, to the old city, and and yet I haven't because every mm-hmm. day, day and night, we've been meditating, and that would be the only thing that would keep me away from mm-hmm. that is that literally the word of God would keep me away from doing what my heart's desire is, and really, and that's to be there and to to spend some time there. Now, it, tonight, I don't know if you know it or not, we're going to break uh, we're going to break tradition uh, from spending all night in the word of God, and we're going to go celebrate Purim. But that's that's one little, little amen, amen. But let me just say Obviously, this: this is pre recorded. This is pre recorded. It is Purim. is Purim. Or is Purim. Yeah, we're actually going to do that. So yeah. Again, we're you know we're looking at this we're, we're looking at that and again seventeen seven blesses the man dealing also with Psalm one. So I'm going to state what what is the obvious to me maybe isn't the obvious to somebody but this
0: really is desert imagery. Mm. Um, when you're in the desert and he says it explicitly, yep. when you're in the desert water is key. Mm. Uh, if you don't have water you die of thirst and yes. the trees shrivel up and things die. And so trusting in Jehovah is, and not trusting in your own might is like trusting in this, this makor of living water this eternal spring. This uh, flowing river um, and, and again I go back to the image of you're out in the middle of the desert and there's nothing mm-hmm. you can look for miles around and all you see is desolation and you come down into into a little valley um, and you and you see a little spring and everything around it is life and, mm-hmm. and, and the spring flows out into the Nahal into the Wadi and everything in the, uh, along that stream is life and you mm-hmm. go Ten feet away from this, from the from the stream, mm-hmm. and everything's dead. Wow! And and this is the image here. Don't trust in yourself. Trust in Jehovah. Mm-hmm. I, I want to ask what might be sort of like a technical question. Yes, I know you don't like. You just want the spirit. You don't no, want. The no, 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 no. I love the technical stuff. But I, but, but why does Jeremiah speak here about trusting in man and, and flesh? Mm-hmm. And, and the reason I ask that is the verse before says, "Shall shall man make himself gods which are not God?" And apparently the answer is obviously they do. Mm-hmm. So what is Jeremiah referring to here? Is he referring to a human king? Mm. or maybe he's referring to a foreign power mm. or or maybe it's a man god like pharaoh and nebuchadnezzar you know these are these were human beings who were these superpowers these these you know countries and um, and and pharaoh said i am a god i'm a son of god you yes. have to, you have to worship me yes um, and i think there's a little both of that you know these kings proclaim themselves gods and i think jehovah is saying these man gods can't save you only the god of spirit mm-hmm. the god of you know elohim only he can can save you
1: mm. Well, isn't that and maybe this? I mean, you say it's a simple, simple question, but um, when I get to verse ten, yeah, if and he says, "I, Yehovah, search the heart and examine the mind, yeah. to reward a man according to his conduct and according to what he deserves." Then I think to myself, what other comp- Who who else does that? You know, n- right. no, the Babylonian king can't do that. No, the Assyrian king right. can't do that. You know, the, the, the you know only Yehovah himself could be the one that could go in and say, "Here's what Nehemiah is thinking." Right. Here's what's in Nehemiah's, is in Nehemiah's heart. I'm the one that searches it, and I'm the one you better be focusing on. Because, I mean, he's the one. There's no he, There's no way to hide from him. There's no way to, you know, like I say, I can be down in the basement, you know, and think what. He, he can be everywhere because he's omnipresent. He can go into my mind and my heart. And I don't know, there's something about that that's sobering, but also there's something that makes me want to just worship him even more to say he's that amazing. I mean, he can go into the heart and the mind and. and and even the king's heart is a waterway. He can, he, he can, you know. You prayed last week. I, I, one of the things you prayed is you talked about the leaders and and, and how the leaders could have their hearts changed. God Amen. can do that. Amen. God can do that. You know, that's amazing. Both for the
0: good and the bad, they yeah, can harden their own heart. Absolutely, as some do. Um, yeah. Can I, Can I just read something here? From uh, and I talk about this in my book, Shattering Conspiracy of Silence,
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, and I absolutely love this passage. This, this is a passage that's changed my life. Mm-hmm. Can, I, can I be honest with you? I think early in my walk, I was I was you know raised with this idea that you know we have the truth and you know and and if, and, and and those who don't have the truth you know we're, we're better than them. Mm-hmm. That was kind of you know. And then I said, okay, the rabbis don't have the truth. Now I've got the truth, so I, you know that's even better. That made me even more arrogant. And and in my walk, I realized, you know what, Yehovah is the judge of all the earth, not me, and I shouldn't be judging other people. And, um, and, and this, this verse really, really humbled me.
1: It's Psalm chapter 44, yeah. verses 20 to 21. You want to say something? I want to say something. Like and, and I want you to make sure you bring this. But I got to tell you something. You yes, know, sir. I'm here with you and you keep dropping these, these phrases. And, and these phrases that you drop just don't sound like the Nehemiah of 12 and 13 years ago. I mean, I just have to say my walk, you know, in my walk. What do you think? That's our term. What do you mean in your oh, is that work? your word? That's our... No, no, no. no you know, how is that, that your term? No, that's, no, in saying, the, that's in the Torah. Well, I, to I, walk I, in the way of Yehovah, don't turn right or left. I, 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 I never hear anyone else say these, and you say these things, like the ministry and the term. And I just want to tell you something. I it can really, say it in Hebrew if you don't like the word ministry and say, uh, and we're
0: about I, I like it, that you but if I'm going
1: to translate it into English, it's ministry. Well, here's what I want yeah. to say. The reason I want to say this <laughs> is that, you know, when we first met um, 13 years ago, Um, In that 13 years, we were as probably as opposite as as anyone could ever imagine. I mean, the picture of us just shows how opposite we were. And, you know, we've been in this process, but I've seen these things happen. Now, I'm not saying, I'm not saying, please, I want you to get to your psalm. But I got to tell you something. I'm sitting here and I'm thinking about God and how amazing he is and what he's done in both of our lives. What he's done in your life and what he's done in my life and the way he's brought change and focus and shift Ten and eleven years ago, you can say it's a Hebrew term all you want. Twelve years ago, you're not coming and saying to me, "You know, in my walk, I..." Bl- you just didn't talk like that, yet. <laughs> and so, I just gotta tell you, it's so refreshing to see because these are terms that are biblical terms. You're not, you're not pulling this out of your, uh, your, 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 your. My what? <laughs> I'll wrap it out of your hat. Let's move on no, quickly. Was, no, quickly. You don't <laughs> have that little hat on. Oh, wrap it out no, of your no, hat. But no, but these, these are biblical have. terms. And I want to tell you something. It's a recapturing. Yeah. I guess what I wanted to say was this. It's a recapturing mm. of some of these things that are biblical. Mm. Our walk. I mean, that's just. Well, kind of, I give Yehovah so credit for all that. of
0: it because, you know, just as I prayed for him to turn the hearts of the uh, of leaders, he's turned my heart. Amen. He's given me a new spirit and a new Amen. heart. Amen. And so it's all on him. Okay. So here, Psalm chapter 40, verses 20 to 21 in the English, verses 21 to 22 in the Hebrew. It says, If we have forgotten the name of our God or stretch out our hands to a strange God, shall not God search this out? for he knows the secrets of the heart. Isn't that the truth? And and the message here, it's talking in the context about Israel is sent out into exile and they're in a foreign land, and they end up, because of their alienation from God out in the foreign land, they, they instead of calling him Yehovah or God of Israel, they end up calling him by a false name, mm-hmm. by the name of even another God. Mm-hmm. And even that he can have grace and mercy on, because he can see in our hearts what we intend and, and and what we want to say, and that's amazing to me. That is is this was life changing. This this passage mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because God, it, what it means is God has more grace than the doctrines of men. God has more grace than all the denominations. He's got more mercy than all of the 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 groups and the factions and the boxes that we put people in mm-hmm. and we put him in. He's bigger than all of that. Amen. Wow, that,
1: that's amazing to me. That that is, is, wow, really is amazing. Well, I I don't mind saying, um, you know, again, I I Nehemi, I don't want to. I actually have one more thing I really want to talk about, sure. but I don't want to. I don't want to. No, take I'm, and see I'm, if there's anything that you want to talk no, no, about. Move on. Well, no, because moving on is actually at verse 14. So okay. Oh, is there okay. anything in 11? You oh okay. No, no, no. Um, please feel free to, to take take your time.
0: Yeah, let's see. I mean, like we said, we can you know. Yeah, we can. Say, okay, can we reverse verse thirteen, please? Absolutely. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm looking for something. Go ahead. All right. So I mentioned my, and this isn't just this isn't to do another ministry minute, but we gotta we gotta talk about this. Uh, in verse thirteen, it says, um, "O hope of Israel, O Yehovah, all who forsake you shall be put to shame. Those in the land who turn from you shall be doomed men, for they have saken, forsaken Yehovah... The makor of living water, the fount of living water. And, mm-hmm. and there's a play on words there, which is so beautiful in Hebrew and is completely lost in English. Um, so it says here, hope of Israel. And the word for hope of Israel is mikveh Yisrael. And mikveh means hope, but it also is a pool of water. Mm-hmm. And specifically, a pool of water filled by a spring. What you have in Israel is you'll have water oozing out from the aquifer from deep in the ground through mm-hmm. a crack in the earth. Mm-hmm. And, um, and it will fill up this pool um, and then that pool will then fill up and flow into, often into a into a into a channel, um, into a nachal. Mm-hmm. Um, but but the sign that there's a spring is that the water fills up into a pool. Mm-hmm. And Yehovah is that mikveh Yisrael. He gathers up the waters, this, these living waters that come from Him, and He fills them up into this pool where you can come and drink and live. Um, so He is the hope of Israel. He's also the water that. Quenches the thirst of Israel, and that's why it's. A, and I love this. This is just awesome. All those who leave you will be put to shame. It says, but that's another play on words. All those who leave you will be dried out. Because mm-hmm. can that be the word of the week? Dried out, or I well, think Makor should be the word of the week. Or... did we not do Macor before? Go ahead, go ahead and do that. So Macor is Mem Kuf Vav Resh, and that is it means the source, a source of living, a source of water, a spring.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but I want to, yeah, do you have a different word you want to do? Well, no, well, I have something I want to say pretty important here. So as soon as you get done waxing on about this, I want to get okay. to the real issue here. <laughs> oh, the real issue? <laughs> I want to get to the real okay.
0: issue. Okay, so so Yehovah is the Makor. He's the source Amen. of water, Mem Amen. Kufav and, um And actually, modern Israel has a major water company that brings water from the Sea of Galilee, down all the way to the Negev. And, mm-hmm. and there's over a million Jews now living in the Negev because of this uh, water project, which is called Mikorot, mm-hmm. which is the plural of mikor. Wow. And it means sources of flowing water, of living water.
1: No, I have to. I have a big confession. Let's go. Uh, You know, I got a big announcement for next week, but I got a big confession before I end up. And I've gotten some people that will sit and ask me really, really hard questions, and they talk about you know, like Keith, you're a pastor, and you've been with Nehemiah for this long, and what's you know, what what, give us the end result, and so and so. I this last verse is one, and I I want you to be saved. You want me to (laughs) be? I want you to be saved. Okay. And uh and, and and I want you to be saved according to scripture. Okay. And so I want to know if you and I could come con- through some common ground right now about salvation right here in this verse. Let's I want give it, to know let's if give to it talk a shot about salvation. I want to look at a verse and I, mean, I want so to finally it. after what 14 years 14 years it's time years we're, we're sitting we're in talking the basement and <laughs> <to> talk about <laughs> salvation. And the reason I'm and I say this and and I, I want to say something. This is going to be a bit sensitive. And so I need mm-hmm. you to put on your most sensitive mm. uh hat and I want to put on my most sensitive hat. But after all these years, we now have come to a verse that um, no matter, maybe you would want to change it. Maybe you wouldn't. I don't know. I'm going to try to keep it. I'm looking at the NIV right now, if that's all right. Sure. And I'm going to look at the Hebrew also. And okay. between the two, I want to know if we could come to some common, gra- uh, common ground on, on salvation. something sure try. Can we do that? Yeah. So what I'd like to do, first of all, is read the verse in, in the NIV. Would, would that be okay? Please, Jeremiah. Seven, 17, verse 14. Yes. It says this. Heal me, O oh Yehovah, and I will be healed. Save me, and I will be saved, for you are the one I praise. Now, I'd like to give you an opportunity to change what that might mean. I mean, if it says here, save me, and I will be saved. In fact, I'd like you to do something mm-hmm. for me. Yeah. I'd like you to read it in Hebrew. And I, in fact, would you be willing to do that? Sure. Would you be able to read this phrase in Hebrew? And those that are listening, I want you to see if you get excited like I get excited when I hear these words. Go ahead. Could you do that? So when you read that, what does that say to you? I mean, act like it's 13 years ago and you've got your Hebrew Bible, I've got my English Bible, and we're walking around the old city of Jerusalem. Uh,
0: Well, slow down, Mr. Methodist. When it speaks here about salvation, it does not mean what your theology says it means. In the Tanakh... Salvation is a term that refers to God saving us from danger. This is what I would have said 13, 14 years ago. Uh, There's only two passages in the book of Isaiah where it talks about spiritual salvation from sin. Every other place is salvation from
1: destruction, from harm. This is what I would have told you, you know, in years ago. So now we're looking at this verse. Now could you give me an act like we're walking around the old city? You've got the Hebrew, and I've got my Hebrew Bible this time too. Okay, this time I've got my Hebrew Bible, and now I've got—no, no, no, hold on, hold on just a minute. And so now I want to talk to you about salvation in this verse. Wait, go ahead. Wait, so I'm going to do something
0: a little bit different. So we both prepared this passage a long time ago, right? Absolutely. I was in uh, San Antonio and had a certain number period of time where I knew we're coming to Jerusalem. Everything has to be prepared. We don't, Every, have, time no, we don't have time to play, to, to play around. Everything right. has to be ready. And so I wrote myself a whole
1: bunch of copious notes. Mm-hmm. Can I read you what I wrote on this passage? Before we, you read it. You've me. never seen this and I we haven't have discussed it. never discussed Amen. it. And before you read yeah. it, I want to say this. Um, I As I was as I was preparing, I Nehemiah, mean, I had a, I had a little hiccup, and the hiccup was I had to travel over um to Africa, and it was I was there every single day. I had to do what I had to do, and so I got some help. I had some people oh. that also looked at the passages with me, and I was I just have to say, what a blessing it is that Wait, somebody team... else did your homework. No, 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 what? no, 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 no <laughs> not at all. I just have to say this to my two witnesses out there that also uh, challenge uh, to get other perspective on it. So what I really okay. I, I made sure I read through everything myself. Mm, yeah. I asked other people to read through it, mm. and because. In all seriousness, and I want to say this before you say what you're going to say. Yes, sir. This is a huge undertaking yeah. to come oh, and say we've got, got 30 no plus, <laughs> plus deals to do in a matter ap- of two 31 weeks. 31 episodes. You're, I'm yeah. sick. There's all sorts of issues. But I say God has really been meeting us. Now, yeah, we've come absolutely. to this verse. Go yeah. ahead and tell me what you had uh, prepared. So here's what I wrote.
0: Healing and salvation can both be physical but also spiritual. <laughs> Healing can mean medical but also to be healed of sin, specifically when we try to do the right thing. But get the ritual wrong. And we've actually talked about that. And I, and I wrote here, for example, Hezekiah's Passover, Hosea 14, Elijah's altar, Mount Carmel. We've, we've spoken about that mm-hmm. before. But what I said 13, 14 years ago was 100% correct, that salvation is physical, but there's clearly also this spiritual aspect of salvation. And, wow. and, and look, that was there all the time. Here's what I think happens. Let's be honest. Give it to me straight. We've had you Christians, do. I don't mean you particularly, but we've had those, the Christians beating us over the head for nearly 2,000 years with Jesus Christ, trying to force him down our throats and telling us we need salvation. And there's this knee-jerk reaction in the Jewish world. You're telling us I need salvation? I don't even, I don't even recognize that there's such a thing as salvation in the respect, in, the, in the context that you're talking about. And, and I think what Yehovah has done with me giving me this new spirit this new uh, <laughs> this new heart is <laughs> people can't see Keith right teeth right now but he's freaking out um, what I think Yehovah has done done with me is said look Nehemiah you know and, and, and let me let me share this you know early in my walk <laughs> you make fun of me but but early in, in my, my, my my ministry I uh, was interacted with you know some counter missionaries and I felt like that's what I was supposed to do. If mm-hmm. I'm going to interact with people, I've got the truth. I've got to convince them that they're wrong mm-hmm. and engage in these debates. And what I saw is, is debates aren't always the way to, to find the truth mm-hmm. and that it's, it's much more productive rather than engaging in someone with a debate and looking for the arguments that will prove your side right. To put that aside and come before Yehovah in humility and say, I don't want to prove myself right, Yehovah. I want to know what the truth is. Mm-hmm. Even if it means that I was wrong about everything I thought. And I think because of that, Yehovah, uh, because I opened my heart to that, Jehovah is giving me this new heart and this new mm-hmm. spirit. Where I can um, come before Him and say, "Okay, yes, there is this physical aspect to these things, but there's also this spiritual aspect." And, mm-hmm. and and notice how before I would have said yes, except for those two verses in Isaiah, you know, which is like the footnote. Mm-hmm. Well, wait a minute, yeah. <laughs> why are we putting that in the footnote and these other things? You know, yeah. both of these are are part of the biblical message. Mm-hmm. And I, and again, what I think because of this knee jerk reaction. I just felt, you know, this wasn't what I was called to do. I wasn't called to, you know, be the counter missionary and prove other people wrong, but rather to search for truth and uncover truth, um wherever that may lead me. And, and that's been such a blessing because it's allowed me to come to these things. And rather than hiding things in the footnotes,
1: I can I can embrace these things mm. and embrace what Yehovah is doing in my life no. and in the lives of others. That is so nice. And I want to thank you so much for that. That's wonderful. Nehemia, I, I give you, thank you so much for sharing. Now let's get to the real issue here. Sure. Okay, Mr. What's Hebrew the, Scholar. What's the real issue? Um, there are two words that are yeah. together in 1714 that I want you mm-hmm. to take a look at. They're next, they're right next to each other. Yeah. Now you spoke it in Hebrew. It's the One, two, three. Fourth and fifth words. Yes, and the reason that I wanted I wanted to, to take a moment to look at this is because I think sometimes this is where. The, the little bit of the confusion comes in, and and it's a, it becomes a grammatical issue. It really mm-hmm. does become a grammatical yes. issue. So I want to know if we could lean into just a little. We have enough time. Could we sure. lean in just a little bit more? If you were to explain, and I, I want to bring Bubby Dina into this, if My it's mother. okay, your mother Bubby Dina, because uh, we had a conversation um, uh, yesterday, and she said something. No, she almost. Freaked. She, <laughs> she no, did freak out. No, she, <laughs> I want to say what she said. She said to me, and she said it the Swedish way. She said. Keith, we're afraid you're going to come here and you're going to start preaching to us. <laughs> she said. This, she said yeah. this to me, and and her concern was she had a situation happen where yeah. she was in um, somewhere the, up in the north uh, by the Sea of Galilee, and um, and she's there. She's an Orthodox Jewish woman. Clearly, someone knew. She's got her tefillah. Her, her little head covering. Little head covering. You know, and she's there. And the lady Orthodox. comes up to her, and it broke my heart. I, I'm just going to say, folks, I might lose you here. <clears throat> People might get frustrated with me. They might say, you know. Keith, this, is get, you know, this is what it's all about this is what it's all about, but I want to say something that that really was really was hard for me is mm-hmm. she said that a lady came up to her and said you know we're we're praying for you that you'll you'll your eyes will be open and that you will be saved and um and that was all the lady said and th- and so for mm-hmm. her, her point was when a guy like me comes along and knows his as a pastor, surely he's gonna come and hit me over the head you know instead what we did and and I really thought this was powerful. She and I talked about our commonality mm-hmm. we even talked about Yeshua, in terms of what Yeshua's what Yeshua's ministry was, and, and where we could find common ground, and I thought it was a really powerful. Mm-hmm. It really was a powerful thing. Now, Nehemiah, if you would help us out just a little bit, yes. if you would just throw a little Hebrew grammar to us on these two words, what are these two words, and the root of these two words, and how these two words sometimes. Um, can get even a little bit confusing. I, I think they can sometimes get a little bit uh, confusing. confusing to me in Hebrew, but They're okay. not in Hebrew, <laughs> no, for other people. So can you say okay. what those two words are? Absolutely. Because that's the word that in, yeah. in the NIV is saying okay. to be saved. Okay. And so this is the word of the week,
0: huh? These two words. I think so. Hoshieni v'ivachea. Mm-hmm. So the first word, hoshieni, mm-hmm. has two parts. hoshie or hoshia, which is... Um, uh, Save, it's mm. uh, save with exclamation mark, asking God to save. Mm-hmm. Ni means me. So, a yes. ni. Okay. Save, e? me. Yes. yes. Ve is and. That's mm. easy. Iva shea. Mm. Iva shea is I will be saved. E mm-hmm. means I will. E yes. is, the, you know, one of the four uh, prefixes mm-hmm. of the future in Hebrew. Iva shea, I will be saved. And it's very interesting. This is what we call a nifal verb. Yes. Um, it is Passive. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have active and passive verbs in Hebrew. We have seven conjugations, and there's actually three sets of active and passive. Mm-hmm. Um, this is uh, a passive verb of the Nifal conjugation. That's the second of the seven. Um, the first verb, going back to it, or Hoshi'ani or mm-hmm. Hoshia is um, is uh, is he feel, mm-hmm. which is um, it's a causative. So mm-hmm. really, it literally translates as "cause me to be saved." and I will be saved. And, uh, and it's interesting that va and evashea because there's a three-letter root in every Hebrew word. The three-letter root is uh, for salvation is yud shin ayin. Of course, that's from the, uh, the the word for salvation is yeshua. Mm-hmm. And the verb is lehoshia, hoshia, to save. Um, and For example, Yehoshua, Joshua is Yehovah, Yoshia, Yehovah, he will save. Mm-hmm. Um, so Hosheani is actually, an, an uh, I guess, an imperative, you'd call it. Of um, uh, you know, it's sort of a commandment, uh, but a request mm-hmm. of of uh, of to save mm-hmm. um, in the he feel. So we've got a he feel verb and an ephal verb. The the first one's he feel, the second one. And is they're, ifal. they're right next to each other. They're right next to each other. Mm-hmm. And what you don't see in either ver either verb is the yud of the root, right. which is very interesting. We have yud shin ayin, but there's no yud. What happened to the yud? Mm-hmm. So the yud in both instances turned into a vav. Mm-hmm. In the first instance, that vav is an o mm-hmm. ho hoshi ani hoshia. Hosea, it was Hosea. That's mm-hmm. the same vav. It's the yud turned into a vav, and that that vav it functions as a um, as a uh, as as a uh, excuse me as a vowel. Mm-hmm. And then the next word we have the Nephil, the, the yud turns into a vav, but the vav is a consonant. Exactly, Yavshea. Um, and this is nothing. There's actually nothing unusual about this. You can take the word Yalad to give birth. Yud um, dalad uh, And you'll see Holid mm-hmm. Is he uh, gave birth Actually it's um, <laughs> Holida She gave birth mm-hmm. And Lihivaled uh, is to be born mm-hmm. um, So you have the same situation There where the Yud turns into an O In one form of the verb in the he feel. And in the Nifal, it turns into a va, into a consonant. And 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 I got to think of the name Yehovah when I hear that. Exactly. I know you're thinking of the name Yeshua. No, actually, but I'm thinking of the name no. Yehovah because in Yehovah the root is a Yud that turns into a Vav. Yep. it's exactly no, the same no, Actually,
1: thing. what's really interesting about what you're saying, I, I actually yeah. thinking about. I think about the fact that the name that he's carrying points to Yehovah. I don't. I I actually think okay. about that. Yeah. But but what I want, I want to ask is a technical question. Right. Um, do we have another example where we have these two verbs exactly? Oh. These two verbs. Um, right next to each other. And the reason that I I, I said that I wanted to t- stop and look at this, look at this verse and talk about the word to be saved in, in, in the NIV um, um, and then also knowing what its original um, uh, focus is of the words. I just think it's a really phenomenal um, grammatical connection, you know. Uh, save me and I will be saved. I mean, literally, that's what it says. If you save me, I will be saved. And I mean, and my prayer is is that uh, I would be saved. My prayer is that you would be saved. My prayer is that we all would have that uh, that experience of of true salvation, of of an internal change that would affect who we are in our lives um, externally. So I wanted to see if there was another exact example of those two um, uh, verbs being uh, right next to each other. Well, so
0: here's an interesting one. Um, Jeremiah eleven twelve. Mm-hmm. it says, um, let's see, <laughs> here's how it's translated in the JPS. The end of the verse says, but they will not be able to uh, rescue them in their time of disaster. Um, <laughs> like, what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it says, lo and they shall surely not save. Mm-hmm. So there we've got the verb y- yasha mm-hmm. uh, within uh, two words of each other, actually. And then we have um, in Nehemiah chapter nine, verse twenty-seven, and Your abundant compassion ge- uh, gave them saviors who saved them from the power of their adversaries. Mm-hmm. So it's He gave them Moshi'im
1: mm-hmm. Um So there we've got the word. I just kind think of that's right cool, and those things other, come right yeah. out. We can actually talk about that. So. Yeah. And, and again, it was a setup. People say that we talked about salvation in this in this, in this this room, and we actually did. Yeah. And uh, that's an example where, where we could be talking about yeah. the physical uh, mm-hmm. deliverance that we, that we need, but also we do, many people, yeah. we need that spiritual yeah. uh, deliverance. I want to
0: bring one more, which is 1 Chronicles 16.35. Mm-hmm. It says in the JPS, Declared, is what we should say, Deliver us, O God, our Deliverer, and gather us and save us from the nations to acclaim your holy name, <laughs> Isn't that awesome? Yeah. To glory in your praise. Yeah. Let me read you a different translation out of curiosity. What does the King James have? It says, and say ye, save us, O God, of our salvation, which is what it says in Hebrew. Mm-hmm. Hoshienu Elohei Yishenu. Yeah. Which is, it's exactly the word we saw, Hoshienu. And we had Hoshieni, with me, and here it's Hoshienu. Mm-hmm. Uh, save us, um, the he feel.
1: Elohei Yishenu, the God of our salvation, of our Yeshua. Amen. Amen. Well, that's wow. what I wanted to do. As I wanted to, uh, I wanted you know again, it catches people's attention. And let's just be really clear. Um, um, we believe that God is the one that does the saving, I and mean, He's the one okay. that He's the one that um, is going to do what He does, and, and it may that may that all of us be saved. <laughs> may it be that we all are saved. Amen. Amen. We'll Am go, I praying or are you? Uh, it's my turn, actually. Um, I think I'm gonna. Okay, okay may I? and you can do the next one. You're
0: gonna take. Okay, no, go I've, ahead. I've oh, can, only, can we, if only if you're
1: going to pray a prayer of salvation.
0: I will pray. That's exactly what I want to do. Okay, go ahead. You inspired me here. Yehovah. Moshienu, Yehovah, our Savior. Hoshienu, save us, O God of our salvation. Jehovah, I ask you to give us your salvation and your healing. Mm-hmm. Both the physical salvation and the physical healing and that spiritual salvation and that spiritual healing that that spiritual salvation that in my tradition we want to stick in the footnotes and and not really deal with and the physical salvation that other people they overlook it and they and they, and they miss that aspect of it Jehovah here in Israel we we experience the need for both physical and spiritual salvation we're constantly here in this part of the world in danger of the destruction that could could Come upon us, and we need your salvation yes, and there are dangers that are spiritual everywhere in the world and, and we need your salvation for that, so Yehovah, ask for your salvation <speaking in Hebrew> O oh God of my salvation, I will trust in you, I will not fear i don't i 'm not afraid Jehovah anymore what other people are going to say when I speak about salvation. There was a time where I, or I had to be very careful with my words or I thought I had to be careful because people would hear me say those words and say, no, that's not; those aren't the words of our people. Those are the words of some other people. If I look in Scripture and see those words, Yehovah, I don't care what anybody says Hallelujah. about what I say. They're your words. They're not the words of my people or Keith's people. These are the words that you give us in Scripture to pray for salvation, mm-hmm. to pray for your healing, to pray for your guidance in our walk, Yehovah. I ask that you give that to me. I come before you in humility and say, I don't have all the answers like I thought I used to. I don't have all the the correct doctrine like I thought I used to have. All I have is a love and desire deep in my heart for you to honor your word and to honor your name and to ask humbly for your salvation. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to Prophet Pearls with Nehemia Gordon and Keith Johnson. For more information, please visit NehemiahsWall.com and BFAInternational.com.